Hey everybody, this is the Dumb and the Restless with an exciting announcement. Yeah, it's October and so we've decided that we're going to do a super awesome new giveaway. Yeah, to celebrate the spookiest month of the year, we are mm -hmm. doing a big giveaway on both our Twitter and our Instagram. Yeah, and we're just going to pool all the people together. We're going to yeah. just dump all you guys into the same pot and pick a bunch. Um, and we have some very fun prizes. We have a custom Dumb and the Restless air freshener. And it looks so <laughs> the cool, fresh you guys. Pacific Northwest pine scent. I'm so excited. And uh, some bumper stickers and some other stickers. Uh, and we will be choosing five grand prize winners and then five other winners for a smaller prize. Yep. Uh, so to enter on Twitter, you're going to want to make sure that you follow us, that you like the post that I put out, and that you reblog it. Yeah, the pinned post. Retweet it. Yes, the pinned post. Yeah. And to enter on Instagram, uh, there will be a special giveaway post. I'll have it labeled so it's super easy to find. Go ahead and like that post and make sure you're following us. And that is all you have to do to enter this giveaway. Yep, super simple this time. Mm -hmm. And we will be putting instructions on our socials and reminding you all throughout the month. Yep. Uh, you have plenty of time to enter. We will be doing a live drawing yes. on October 31st. The spookiest day of the year. For our 10 winners. Yes. So go ahead, hit up. If you want to enter on Twitter and Instagram for two entries, go totally for it. Totally fine. Go for it. Hit us up. Um, and we are super excited for this month and super excited for this giveaway and we have some really fun prizes for you so so yeah come have fun with us and uh, get into that giveaway and we'll see you soon enjoy the show crazy like windstorm of the year though i know because in alaska the leaves turn orange and then a week later you get a crazy windstorm and then it's winter for six months oh my god i know you know the only reason i didn't like windstorms growing up was because my mom had like a bajillion wind chimes outside Ew. and so like every wind chimes have big like haunted house energy bro like and my mom had all shit. different kinds. There were like aluminum ones and metal ones and there were glass ones. She even had a bamboo wind one. Ladies, so I had a neighbor who was a wind chime lady. And they were all outside my fucking childhood bedroom window. Very not into that. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Dumb and the Restless. I'm Panda. I'm Morgan. We are recording from my bedroom today. Yes, we are. Because it is too fucking windy to record in the car anywhere in this state right now. Yeah, it's like we're having gusts of like 50 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm driving over here. There were like noisy. branches everywhere. It's just noisy. So we're all hunkered down. Yeah. We got candles. It's actually kind of romantic in here. A little bit. I gave Panda a glass of wine. I'm trying to get me drunk in here. I've been sick for like a whole week. I don't have COVID, so that's chill. And I made um, you a care package. Sound... Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. They brought me like soup and shit. If I sound like an old man... You don't. I was telling you earlier. You yeah. sound great. I feel like I feel like I sounded worse when we those couple of weeks that we were just breathing wildfire smoke, like twenty four seven. I so. feel like I feel like that's but real. Between that and being a smoker for like five years and like being sick, it's just endless vocal fry for me. But we're here. It's October. It's still October. We still got some creepy shit to tell you about. Those. And this week we wanted to do exorcisms. Yeah. So, Morgan, I would very much like to tell you the story of Annalise Michael. Dude, fucking lay it on me. Creep me out. I'm ready. I'm comfy. So, uh, Annalise Michael was actually the inspiration for the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. You know, I haven't seen that. Really? Mm-hmm. Neither have I, because <laughs> I don't watch scary movies. Oh, yeah, you don't. I don't, have a, I don't have a good reason. I just watched The Conjuring, like, three days ago. Mm. And that's Sounds apparently, awful. like, a classic good i bet it's creepy i believe it it'd scare you i bet everything does yeah we um, are sitting in my purportedly haunted bedroom though so. yeah we are so if 
ghosts, if you're out there, hello. Please don't hello any ghosts in my room. Oh, it's too, kinda, too late. <laughs> this is where I sleep. Okay, never mind. No this hello. This is where I conduct my business. <laughs> redact your hello, please. Hello, redact. I wanna, I wanna be able to hang out in my room. So hello, redacted. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> anyway. So Annalise An- Michael. Annalise Michael was born on September 21st, 1952. She was a Virgo. She was born in Bavaria to a highly Catholic conservative family. In Bavaria? Bavaria. Oh. So we're in like Bavaria, Germany both for this our, whole story. Both our stories are like poor Catholic German girls. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What is it with you poor Catholic German girls? I don't know. You get possessed like 24-7. So she was the second to five girls. Her older sister, Martha, had died at the age of eight to an unknown kidney ailment. Michael was also considered really frail and sickly as a child, but still managed to, like, excel in school. Her parents really wanted to encourage her to be a teacher and, like, to do good things. Good for her. So Michael's father, Yosef, was a World War II soldier, unfortunately, of the Uh, Nazi variety. (laughs) I was going to say, wait, roll that back. Yep. Unfortunately, of the Sometimes your dad is a Nazi. And mostly fought the Russians. At the end of the war, he fought his way back to the West to surrender to the U.S. and British forces. And basically came back from the war with PTSD. Good. And that's like his big story. Um, so her mother was an extremely religious and strict woman. Her name was Anna. And her mom grew up in the time where like half the town would get taken away And half the town was just, like, drafted. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And so she truly and honestly believed that bad things could happen to her family because of their heredity or genetics, and always feared that she would be shunned socially because her children were not perfectly healthy and strong. Because unfortunately Mm -hmm. for this woman, she did have, like, a rash of sickly children. Yeah, and, you know, in, like... Nazi Germany, lots of fun eugenics are happening. So, yeah. I feel like you have a good reason to be afraid for your sickly family. Yeah. So, Michael and her remaining sisters were not allowed to have interactions with boys because of their mother. And um, at a young age, Michael was actually diagnosed as having a classic case of general neurosis from her dysfunctional family. I feel that. I feel that, girl. So she had a father that didn't really understand her and a mother that was over-controlling and Michael, like, totally hated her. Yeah. So in 1965, Michael's parents sent her to the Dahlberg Gymnasium in Aschaffenburg, Germany, where not only was she away from her family, but she, like, started excelling in school, like, immediately. This was the place where she was going to become a teacher. This place that they sent her to? Yes. Okay. So once she was removed from her family, she like started doing really good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good for her. But in the fall of 1968, so only a couple of years later, Michael suffered her first blackout while in class. That night, she experienced a terrifying seizure, which forced sleep paralysis, and she felt suffocated like someone was sitting on her chest. Oh, no. She urinated on herself and then came back around. Dude, that's like the worst fucking day of class ever. So in August of 1969, the events repeated themselves. So she's having like a seizure a year right oh now. Oh god. Is it like at the same time every year? About. Not, oh. not like definite, but it's not like, like the on fall. It. Yeah. Um, so Michael's mom takes her to their family physician, Dr. Vogt, in Klingenberg. He referred them to Dr. Siegfried Luthi. And so Dr. Luthi takes a look at her and diagnoses probable epilepsy, but didn't prescribe medications at this time because of the way she was experiencing her symptoms so far apart. Yeah, I mean, those kind of sound like grandma seizures. Like, you black out, freak out, you pee yourself. But they actually ordered an EEG on her, and it's that one that measures the electrical activity in your brain Mm -hmm. and the different kind of waves that your brain produces. And the results came back relatively normal, but he was still going to diagnose her with grandma seizures. Mm -hmm. Still didn't prescribe her anything for it, though. Yikes. So while she was being tested by Dr. Luthi, Michael's tonsils became inflamed, and she had a very simple tonsillectomy. 
Shortly after the operation, Michael contracted pleurisy and pneumonia that was further complicated by a tuberculosis infection. Holy fucking shit, dude. Yeah. That's really putting my weekend in perspective. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I had a cold. Her worsening health oh, problems God. forced her to withdraw from the 69-70 school year. Um, and so she obviously was now bedridden. That and was gnarly. Yeah. And would complain about it, like, all the time. But her mother basically ignored her in favor of, like, praying the rosary over her mm -hmm. constantly during the day. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1970, in February, Michael was admitted into a hospital specializing with children with lung disease. When she showed a little improvement, she was sent back to, to Bavaria to a tuberculosis clinic. Dude, TB clinics back then were, like, rough. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking of which, Michael had to deal with some really shitty kids who were also at the clinic who misinterpreted her shyness for being stuck up and antisocial. So they, like, started making she fun of her. She was bullied on top of all of this? Yes. Oh my god, fuck that. So on June 3rd, 1970, Michael suffered another seizure, just like the first two. Sleep paralysis, the heavy weight on her chest, she urinated herself. Once she recovered, her screams brought the rest of the clinic and all the nurses into her room. The children claimed that Michael was crazy and told Michael she was possessed by the devil. Oh my god. The kids say that her face was twisted in anger and her hands looked like claws when she first was found. Oh my god, she was probably just having a fucking seizure. And that's why they said it. Because of what uh, she looked like. Oh no. Was yeah. this whole thing like someone just being a dick to a girl who's having seizures? Not really. Okay. It gets really creepy here in a little bit. Okay. But the whole beginning I just of her... to know how long I had to be sad for. <laughs> you don't have to be sad for very long. Okay. I promise. Um, so several days later, Michael experienced another event. So they're starting to happen more frequently now. Oh, God. So she experienced another event. While saying the rosary, she ended up smelling violets and began to experience euphoria. Whoa, what? Her trance was interrupted by the other kids to just to ask her if she was okay because her hands were again doing like the claw thing. Smelling violets. Yeah. That is so specific. The euphoria then lasted through the next day, and Michael attributed the event to the Virgin Mary. Huh. There's a very prominent figure in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Following the event, Michael was taken to yet another neurologist for another EEG. This time, it showed irregular alpha waves mixed with scattered delta and theta waves, which is indicative of a form of epilepsy and was immediately put on anti-seizure meds. Okay. Around this time, Michael was also diagnosed with heart and circulation problems. So she is not having a good time. No. Not no, having a good time. just, like, totally breaking down. So Michael continuously tried to recapture the spiritual euphoria and started spending hours upon hours just praying to the Virgin Mary. She, uh obviously had other epileptic symptoms that started to develop even yeah. though she was on the medication the most notable one is one evening when she was praying over her rosary for an instant michael saw the image of an incredibly menacing face Ooh. she would later write in a letter that it made her afraid to say the rosary and these kinds of hallucinations would continue to plague her for the rest of her life yeah. which like we're in 1970 now there really isn't a lot of her life left I don't like all the creepy, evil, disembodied faces we've been talking about lately. It does nothing for my nerves. I will say that. I know. Most doctors involved in her case believed that this could be the onset of some sort of psychosis, but they didn't really have enough evidence to prove that it wasn't like some sort of side effect from the epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, Poor babe, dude. thankfully, her physical health, health started to improve and Michael was sent home. Back to her, like, shitty mom? Yeah. Okay. Her sisters described her as frequently angry, and she would go into an uncontrollable rages. This was very different from the peaceful and very, like, pious sister that had left their home mm -hmm. to go to school. Michael also began to express hatred for the church, which was, like, unheard of for her. Yeah. She's a very religious girl. Yeah. Michael stopped taking the anticonvulsants that had been prescribed, saying they were making her listless and depressed. Uh, she would always say that she contemplated suicide when mm -hmm. she was on the medication and her seizures returned, obviously, 
and were much, much more frequent now. God. So they tried to put her back on medication, but she often chose to stop taking it. Furious at the fact that doctors had been unable to cure her, Michael immersed herself into Christian literature and pilgrimage to many local sites. What she had not told her doctors was the severity of her hallucinations. So, like, at the beginning, she was just seeing, like, disembodied faces. Mm-hmm. She got, she saw demonic and ghastly horned faces. Oh, super cool. She always smelled something burning, feces, or rotting flesh. She began to hear knocking sounds in her bedroom, and she officially stopped seeking medical assistance in 1973. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate all of this. So Michael's mother, Anna, was getting more and more convinced that her daughter was plagued by demons. I mean, that's what my therapist told me the day I met her. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I remember that. I feel like maybe a lot of us are plagued by demons. Diane. It's true. So Anna told her husband, Yosef, who was incredibly skeptical of this whole mess, that she had seen Michael staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary, and her eyes were jet black, and her hands were twisted into those claws. Ew, oh no, girl. Yosef trying to make his wife feel better, said that he was going to take Michael to a saint shrine, the mother of the god of San Damiano. Michael had, like, the worst time at the shrine. No, she literally couldn't enter the chapel. She said the ground burned her fucking feet. Oh, no. The holy water there also burned her. She tore her rosary off and refused to wear the saint medal her father had brought her, saying that they were literally, like, choking her. Oh, my God. Strangling her is what she said. Her voice was unusually deep, and it was actually reported that she was giving off, like, a really gross and awful stench. Ooh! Stinky. So, Michael's episodes became worse after the shrine visit. Michael was now convinced she was possessed by demons and felt empty and torn by all of it. Michael, while her mother started shuffling her back and forth through physicians, began to consult priests, including Father Roth, who was actually at the parish in San Damiano. Do you want to take a break? No. Do you want to hit this? No. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. You're going to have to cut that out. Am I? Yes. We're not driving. We're drinking wine. We're having a fine time. All right, Dad. All right, get going. (laughs) Very irresponsible, Dad. (laughs) Very irresponsible, Dad. So, Father Roth referred her to Father Ernst Alt and Father Adolf Rodewick. That's a name. Isn't it? So it's, like, escalating. It's escalating. Yes. And uh, Father Rodewick was an expert on possession and actually wrote Michael a letter confirming she was showing symptoms of possession, but was unable to come to her aid because he was old and too far away. Hmm. I mean, logical. Yeah. With sound reasons. Uh, So he let Father Alt basically take charge. Yeah. So... Father Alt seemed to have, like, a connection to Michael somehow. Not necessarily, like, romantically, but... He was just, like, drawn to her? Yeah, with some sort of, like, psychic ability or, like, sensitivity. He was very, like, empathetically connected to her. He was in tune to what she had going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, And he first saw her when he first saw her. She was being weird... You know, she was kind of like in an episode um, and he was inclined to see her as suffering from circumcessio. What is that? It means you're just surrounded by evil forces, not necessarily possessed. Okay. Isn't that a cool word though? Circumcessio. Tell you what, that was me in like 2017. I know. Just saying. 2012. (laughs) We've all been surrounded by evil forces in our time. And so Michael and Father Alt would have sessions where they talked and prayed, and Michael always seemed a little bit better, at least temporarily, after these visits. So Alt wrote to his superior, Bishop Stengel, on September 30th, 1974, asking permission to say the prayer of exorcism over her. Stengel refused on the grounds that she needed more medical intervention, which, honestly, she kind of did. That's a good call, yeah. I mean, I feel like 
feel like an exorcism should be the very last yeah. resort. Like, you need to give that person as much medical attention as you can fit in there first. Oh, yeah. So... In 1975, Michael became incredibly unbalanced by the death of her grandmother and her sisters finally leaving the house. She developed an aversion to holy objects and stopped going to church entirely. Okay. She could barely walk. She was suffering from painful episodes where her face and body would contort. She began to throw things at family and begged Alt to come and help her. So Father Alt arrived on July 1st, 1975, finding Michael in a hysterical state. Silently, within his own mind, he said the prayer of exorcism, exorcismus, exorcismus, probativus. I can say Latin things. Yeah? Which caused her to jump away from him and tear off her rosary. Oh, shit, dude. So Father Alt basically, like, was like, yep, this isn't good, and just left. (laughs) And Michael just deteriorated completely the lamest exorcism i've ever heard of she would lay stiff in bed and when she got up she would walk as if her legs were sticks she fell into rages cursing and attacking the people around her growling like an animal and just exuding this like nasty ass stench dude that must have been like so like viscerally upsetting for her family members to to deal with i feel like i've had bad days but like never a day like that So Father Alt appealed to Bishop Stangle again to perform an exorcism, and Bishop Stangle agreed to the small rite, which is like the tiny version of an exorcism, to see, like, are you sure there's demons in there? Mm -hmm. Are we sure there's demons in there? Um, So on August 3rd, 1975, Father Alt and Father Roth performed the small rite on Annalise Michael. She moaned and whimpered and said she felt like she was burning. The two fathers were convinced that they were dealing with a genuine possession. Oh my god. After this, Michael was out of control. Her body began to swell in odd places. She raced around screaming just incessantly. She exhibited superhuman strength. Apparently, she, like, threw her sister across the room at one point. Um, She would tear off her clothes, saying that she was burning up inside. She would stick her head into icy water. She ate flies, spiders, and coal. (laughs) <laughs> it's just me it's, just it's real me. bad god she destroyed religious objects her erratic behavior was the worst on sundays or other holy days she would attack priests both both verbally and physically when they came to see her clouds of flies would fucking appear and disappear ew, at random ew, and oh shadowy no. animals were often seen scurrying Blech. around that is so yikes this makes me want to watch the movie i don't know how good it is but like I don't hear. I hear that it's not this good. I yeah. I hear it's more about the trial afterwards. Ugh. That's a shame because this sounds batshit crazy. So this, like, the level of extreme that she's reached at this point, because this is obviously like way worse than when she first wrote Father uh, Rodiwick, mm-hmm. basically causes him to like come and see her in person and to check her out and to ask her questions. So this motherfucker sits down with her. Rodiwick sits down with her and, like, says some Latin stuff and starts being able to talk to this demon. Ew, what? Yeah. He, like, actually communicates with the thing that's, like, possessing her? Yeah. Oh, yikes. And so Michael's possessed by a demon named Judas, and, like, I'm talking, like, Judas, like, the Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, along with several others. My God. And the others are still mute at this time because Judas is kind of, like, up front and running the show. Uh, so Michael and her family are just like, yeah, we're, we, we need to do this. We need to do this exorcism. Like, please, can we, can we totally do this now? Mm-hmm. And so Bishop, Bishop Stangle finally gives permission for the Rituali Romanum to be performed. The man selected to carry out the exorcism was Father Arnold Renz. And so the first rite was performed to find the names of all the demons possessing Michael on September 24th, 1975. Michael just struggled and kicked and said the holy water just like burned the crap out of her. That's it. That's all that happened. And so they were like, okay, we obviously have to do this again. Mm -hmm. And so like she goes through like 76 different exorcisms in a year. Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah. So the Ugh. second rite takes place on September 28th and they begin to record the sessions at this point. 
The demons said that Michael was possessed because she was cursed by a jealous neighbor before she was born. The suspect in this, the neighbor, had died, so they could never really confirm that. Mm-hmm. But after Judas, Lucifer appeared, followed by and Nero. He's, they're, like, speaking through her? Yes. Oh, God, that's yucky. I couldn't... He, you see I, there's, like, recorded footage of this? Yes, there's <gasps> recordings. I found them. I could only listen to a couple before oh. I, like, almost literally peed myself. Oh. It was not Ew. great. It was not great. Very excited to listen to those later. Yes. My heartbeat, like, went up, like, into my throat. It was very... <laughs> I was not okay with this. Ugh. Good thing I was doing my research, like, in the broad daylight. Yeah. With the sun shining through my window. My God. So... Lucifer appears, and Lucifer is followed by Nero. The two most talkative out of all of these guys are Judas and Lucifer, and they named the other demons as Cain, Hitler, and a fallen priest named Fleischmann. And, like, this priest was like... She was literally possessed by Hitler? Yeah. That is an interesting twist, I gotta say. I know, right? Interesting twist. So the demonic possession activity began to like ebb and flow as they recorded more of these sessions to learn about the demons. Michael actually ended up suffering from stigmata and said that Jesus told her that she would be purified from her ordeal. By, by stigmata, do you mean holes in her hands? Yeah. They just appeared there? Yeah. Mm, blah. Blah. So she would be purified from her ordeal. She would become a saint and she would finally marry. So once all of this was over, she was going to be purified. She was going to become a saint. Jesus told her that through like all of, he like wrestled his way, like elbowed his way between like Lucifer and Hitler and was just like, you're going to be okay, babe. Yep. I love that for him. Yep. That tracks. Basically. Good for her. Just like get through it. You're going to be fine. (laughs) You got this, honey. It's going to be great, great, sweetie. (laughs) Oh my God. In my mind, he actually looks like that dude from Queer Eye now. Ew. That's awful. Anyway, so on October 31st, 1975, the priests believe their exorcism. Halloween. 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 Halloween exorcism. Halloween. Halloween exorcism. So they perform this exorcism and they believe that it was 100% successful. They were able to expel all six of the demons one by one and each departed with a great amount of vomiting. I love how that yeah. was actually the words in the research. There's vomiting in mine, too. Excessive vomiting. And protests before it would surrender, saying, Hail Mary, full of grace. I like to feel like Annalise was fighting. Like, she was so obsessed with the Virgin Mary and stuff like that. Like, she was fighting them by, like, saying her Hail Marys, and that's what was coming through there. But just when they thought it was over, Morgan... Oh, God. Okay. Michael... I thought we were in the clear. No, we're not. Michael lets out this low growl. Ew. This new demon only identified itself as I and said that it had been secretly lurking in Michael all along. Ew. The demon told Renz that they really pulled a fast one on you, referring to the other demons that they had just exercised. On November, on November 9th, Renz goaded the demon into revealing that it was actually Judas, that motherfucker. It was Judas again? Yeah. The bitch. Who had immediately returned to Michael after being exercised despite the priest's efforts to lock him out. Judas said he returned with the permission of Mary and would, would remain until her triumph when all demons would be cast out. So... Here's the fucked up part about all of this. Dude, this is way more complicated than it should be. This is the worst part of this. She basically gets possessed again by a whole other crop of demons. Oh my god. So after Christmas 1975, the exorcism changed. The demons spoke less and less and refused to state when it would leave. By March 1976, Michael was showing signs of physical deterioration. Oh my god. She was losing weight and spending most of her time just like in bed, either asleep or unconscious. And they would still perform exorcisms on this bitch. Yeah. In April, after several more exorcism attempts, Michael predicted another great trial ahead of her. 
She seemed exhausted and likened her pain and suffering to that of Jesus himself. On May 9th, her parents decided to take her home. She remained in bed in pain and screaming. She hit and bit herself and banged her head into the wall. Like, this is where it gets real sad. She rarely ate, and when she did, it was only things that she could eat in a hurry. But she's still just, like, wasting away. Like, right as 1976 hits, she just starts skeletonizing. Oh my fucking god, dude. This is so intense. Imagine having this shit happen to you. It'd be awful. Ugh. And dude, she's not even, like, in her 20s. Oh my god. She's a teenager still? Throughout this whole thing? Holy shit. Holy shit. Yep. So the exorcisms were quiet, the old demons replaced by new ones, and none of them really wanted to talk. Michael just wasted away, saying there was nothing doctors could do for her, even though everybody was like, no, we should get doctors in here, we should get them to help you, and she was like, no, there's nothing anybody can do for me anymore. So Father Alt last saw her alive June 8th as he left her home for the last time. Father Renz granted her absolution on June 30th, and trying to exor- after trying to exercise her, like, one last time. That night, Michael fell asleep, telling her mother that she was afraid. Annalise Michael died in her sleep July 1st, 1976. Her autopsy revealed that she had died of starvation. Her brain showed no signs of damage characteristic of epileptic seizure. Her body was also not covered in sores typical of starvation. Her pupils were dilated, which is characteristic of people in a high religious state of altered consciousness. But the demons were right. Her ordeal finally ended in July 1976. The priests and her parents eventually went to trial after her death and were charged with negligent homicide. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the trial and how, like, this case became so sensationalized and, like, why it became a movie and why it, like... It opened up a whole new realm of talking about, like, religion and spirituality within the court system. And, like, if you want to learn about that, I encourage you to do it on your own. But I wanted to talk about poor Annalise Michael. The exorcism itself. And oh, my exorcism. God. What a fucked up story. I know. I will say yours is more batshit crazy, but mine does have a happy ending. I mean, so. <laughs> yikes. I'd like to think that Annalise Michael got her happy ending. I mean, she was absolved in the end. Like, yeah. I know the Catholic Church is really big on, like... Absolution. Well, you know, excommunicating people. Yeah. And shit like that, and being like, you die in disgrace because you associated with the devil. And I feel like maybe not everyone who ended up getting exercised, like, back in the days, got absolved. So I'm glad she did. But, like, I mean, she had to ask a couple of times, but they were just like, this is obviously real. Yeah. Like, like, I believe it. You obviously can't control it. And, like, I know we're talking about... Whether it was just, like, batshit crazy epilepsy on top of schizophrenia and on top of, like, other things that were messing with her. Or demons, it's still fucked up. It's the same thing that we talk about all the time, where there's, there's, like, the rational side of the argument, and then there's the, yeah, that bitch was possessed by demons. Like, how do you know she wasn't possessed by demons? Yeah. Because the whole thing is very upsetting. There would have been like weird spots on her brain if she was that far yeah. gone into epilepsy, yeah. but there was no evidence of it. That is the creepiest part about like supernatural deaths like that and like even like extraterrestrial related like autopsies and stuff like that where yeah. they're like, you know, there should be signs of like some sort of like organ failure or something related to what you were going through allegedly, but there's just fucking not like yeah, that always, like, twists me up a little bit. But anyway, uh, we've got a whole other exorcism story for you, so stay tuned. We'll come right back at you with Apocalypse News. Apocalypse News. And yeah, I'm going to do it again. I'm having fun. We're getting... <laughs> it's always the candles. It's always the mood lighting. So is it time for Apocalypse News? It's time for Apocalypse News. <laughs> oh, you turned turn it on already. Yeah. Yes, it is time for Apocalypse News. Um, so today I've got for you from the Express, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid suggests government is covering up evidence of aliens. Well, obviously. Which is, you know, not new news. It's not. It hasn't been new news for like a hundred years. But, uh, in a newly released documentary called The Phenomenon, um, directed by a man named James Fox, this documentary just kind of goes over the history of UFO encounters, like, yeah. all the way back from the 40s, 
and like talks about some of the key players in it and like just kind of goes over all the evidence we've had specifically that the government knew something about it and it touches on like the little the little moment of disclosure we got early this year that like stemmed from you know the 2017 news yeah about you know a tip and like the navy videos and all that so it's not like i feel like at this point for anyone who like follows ufo shit and like extraterrestrial shit like we've all known that like you know the government has always had programs keeping an eye on this shit whether their official line is like foreign governments that they're worried about more or not like it's been a thing for a fucking while but in the documentary harry reed claims that the government is holding out information and that quote the american people deserve to be informed yes they do so it's just it's interesting that in the last couple years like some more prominent politicians have come out and been like hey they know shit and you guys need to start asking more questions like i just want somebody to get up on a podium and be like yeah enough is enough (laughs) i was there aliens are real and i have seen them i I mean that's me every day (laughs) i know i just don't have a big enough podium yet that's what this podcast is for but i just feel like if 2020 can do one thing for us please please let it be aliens please let it be disclosure like fuck That'd be so cool. Fuck me. Like, give me something. Give me aliens. Give me something real. (laughs) Tell me something good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, my gal's a lot like your gal. Yeah. Um, She had a really bad time. They always do. Have you ever really noticed that, like, nobody really has, like, a good exorcism? Nobody has a good time in any of our stories. (laughs) I don't know. I have a pretty good time. Yeah, most I think of the we're time. the only ones. <laughs> like everyone usually ends up like getting murdered or vomiting out demons or yeah. doing like both of those things. I you mean, know. sometimes you just gotta vomit out a demon. I've been there. <sighs> We've all been there. We've all been there for sure. But this is the story of the Emma Schmidt case. It's Ooh. also known as the Anna Eklund case because um, that's the. They ended up making. Uh, like a movie based on her story and it was called the exorcism of anna eklund it's apparently really bad like not worth watching at all but her case is one of the most well-documented and publicized possession cases probably just right outside annalise michael yeah um and just like annalise she was a poor little german girl her parents were german immigrants so she actually grew up in wisconsin um, she was born in the late 1800s, and her family was, like, super Catholic, mm-hmm. super devout, and um, she had, like, a relatively normal childhood. There was talk of her aunt having, like, an ins- a, kind of a gross relationship with her dad. So, like, gross. she, like, so Emma lived with her mom and dad okay. and her aunt Mina. And the story goes that Aunt Mina was jealous of Emma and was poisoning her and, like, sneaking different herbs into her food. And there were even accusations that Mina was a witch. And so she was responsible. She started to grow more and more jealous of Emma, like, as she got older. That's gross. And, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, that's her dad, bro. (laughs) But okay. Um... So, around the time that she's 14, she starts changing in like from, like, being, like, a pretty sweet, normal girl to, like, a lot of the same stuff as Annalise Michael. She couldn't go into church anymore. Yeah. She physically could not enter. She started getting, like, repulsed by, like, holy, like, you know, crosses and, like, holy symbols and shit like that. She Statues just... Statues and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she just... Um... She was hearing voices. She would often bring up, quote, disturbed thoughts that she was having. Ooh. Uh, she would, like, lash out violently. She'd just, like, throw stuff randomly. Yeah. For no reason. Um, and started engaging in, quote, unspeakable sexual acts. Ooh. That's the one Just like, yeah, and part of me, you know, because we talk all the time about how, like, stuff like poltergeist and possessions and shit like that, like 
usually end up being a result of trauma of some sort. Yeah. Whether it, like, leaves you wide open for supernatural stuff or otherwise. And so, like, with with her aunt being as weird about her in relation to her dad as she was, and the fact that, like, she was engaging in, like, disturbing sexual acts as, like, a child kind of leads me to believe that maybe she was being molestoed. Yeah. By her dad, which is, like, super sad and gross, but either way, like, she just was not having a good time. Yeah. At this point. And the big difference between her story and yours is she's possessed for most of her life. And she lives to be, like, 60. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. So, around this time, this went on for a couple years, and in 1912, they decided, like, okay... Our daughter's not having a good time. Yeah. Um, and the doctors don't have shit to say about it. Like, she didn't have... She wasn't diagnosed with anything. Um, no one could explain. She was just upset very specifically about, like, religious and, like, holy, like, symbolism and stuff like that. But, like, wasn't having seizures, wasn't, no, like, was... experiencing physical symptoms like that. No. She was being creepy. She was acting creepy and saying creepy shit. And then she just hated church all of a sudden. <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds like typical teenage rebellion. I know it does. It does ring true of my like fourteen-year-old goth face. One hundred percent for sure. But they ended up calling the priest in, and uh, it was a guy named Theophilius Raisinger. Ooh, what a mouthful! <laughs> Theophilius. Yeah, Theophilius. 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 Yeah, and so he showed up, and he's like praying over her in latin right and he's trying he's blessing plates of food and like giving them to her and she does this thing where she won't eat any food that's been blessed so like you know he would bless one plate of like meat and potatoes and then not bless another plate and then bring them both and she'd eat the one that wasn't blessed and like like throw the other plate like across the fucking room um, you disgust me. Yeah, and she would get violent anytime, like, they would try and pray over her, like, yeah. she just, she was not having it. Um, and over the course of this first exorcism, they find out that she can speak Latin yep. and German and Hebrew and Italian and Polish. Holy shit. And this girl's, like, uneducated. Like, yeah, it makes sense for her to know German, and it makes sense for her to know a little Latin, because she's Catholic, but, like... Yeah. She was cursing this priest in like eight different languages, like <laughs> which which was not goals. Yeah, nobody nobody goals. asked for that, Emma. Um, you didn't have to go so hard, Emma. Yeah. God. But after a couple of weeks, extra bitch um, of this like exorcism, she gets better for a little while. And Father Raisinger explains like you're still being controlled by an entity that exorcism just made it kind of go into hiding and, like, made it weaker. So, like, this might happen to you again. So she was like, okay, I'm just going to live my life for a little while. Um, and she... Theophilius. Yeah, thanks, Theophilius. <laughs> she, like, she still heard voices a little bit, um, but she, like, started going back to church, became a very devout Catholic again, like, trying to live a normal fucking life. Yeah. Dude, but it started to get bad in her 40s. Um, so it was 1928. She started hearing voices again in, Ugh. like, a big way. Ugh. And she'd been able to go to church and, like, live a normal fucking life for, like, several years. But at this point, she started to have aversions again. And, like, it was, like, twice as violent as it was the first time. Oh, so, like, <laughs> you know, it she'd be thrown from a church door. Or, like, you know, someone would be wearing a cross and she'd, like, try and attack them. Oh, my God. And she'd hear voices, like, telling her to do fucked up shit and to hurt people. And she would confide in friends and family. Like, she felt helpless and scared. Like, yeah, this was taking her over, like, way more than it ever had been before, just out of nowhere. So, 20 years later, old Theophilius, Aww, Theophilius is there buddy. for her again. Oh, buddy. And he's like, all right. I'm ready for round two. <laughs> Let's do this shit. And so they tell her local pastor that they're going to take her to a town called Erling, which is a whole other town. Yeah. In the hopes that, like, her local 
media like doesn't pick up on it and like just to give her some privacy yeah um which honestly is a really cool move she still became like a huge huge media sensation everything yeah. like this but like they tried <laughs> they did their best for her um and they basically they tied her to the bed and they got their team of like the buffest most jackedest nuns to like <laughs> just like muscle the demons on out of this bitch so basically just an army of you yeah <laughs> like three or four like burly giant nuns yeah came and like tied this poor woman to this bed and her this final exorcism lasted for a total of 23 days holy shit so it started out like okay the first couple minutes they were praying over her she was like basically catatonic yeah like eyes closed like fell unconscious like immediately yeah but that lasted for like five minutes and then she just like beat the shit out of all the nuns (laughs) (laughs) immediately and like levit like floated up towards the ceiling like a freaking like electromagnet had like (laughs) yeah sucked her up was like screaming at them from the ceiling like it just got out of control really fast obviously um and but theophilius was like go get her and got the nuns to like you know grab her ankles and like pull her off the ceiling and like throw her down on this bed again and exercise her and her shit like she did the puking yep she did the fucking screaming she was refusing to eat blessed food again she was vomiting up like buckets and buckets of like bright green why is it always like gotta nasty. be like why is it always gotta be like that that is such a specific detail yeah to be included in so many different stories it's like what are demons eating that comes out yeah why, why is it bright green Ugh. I did have, I drank, like, 36-ounce kale smoothie, like, T-minus 15 minutes before I got a really bad flu a couple years ago, though. <laughs> so I've been there. But that was I feel demons. it. I feel it. Um, she would make herself so light that she'd, like, levitate up out of her bed. Oh, wow. And then make herself so heavy that she'd come crashing down and, like, break her bed frame. Oh, her shit. Her iron bed frame. And, like, different parts of her body were swelling up. Yeah. Like, Annalise's. Like, a lot of the same symptoms. A lot of the same, like, stuff was happening to them. It's fucking Judas again. Which I think is crazy. She actually mentions Judas, because, like, kind of at the culmination of this exorcism, after 23 days of this, and these nuns are, like, you know, black eyes. They're all in casts. (laughs) Crutches, you know, and Theophilius was, like lost all his fucking hair and they're all covered in puke and blood they just want this bitch to calm down she starts screaming Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob Mina which I think is like the creepiest detail of that entire thing because that's her creepy aunt who was like cursing her or whatever Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina and Jacob was her father's name so what that's the cute right fuck. that's cute that's fucked up see now i'm really interested in looking at more cases because i wonder how many more of them mention judas like what the fuck are you doing judas <laughs> i don't know what the fuck are you trying to do judas i want and i wonder if that's specific to like catholic because I, I i know there's people who've been possessed who haven't been catholic i wonder if that's yeah. a theme in their possessions too but uh Theophilius did it. He managed to banish whatever demonic entity was, like, fucking her shit up. Cool. Thanks, Theophilius. (laughs) And Emma Schmidt went on to live in pretty normal the rest of her life. 20 more years. She died in, like, the 40s. Um, she's had movies, books, based off of her, made about her in the last, you know, like, 80 years. Yeah. She got a full profile in the Time Magazine in, like, 1935. Um, she still heard things and, like, saw things for pretty much the rest of her life. They never, like, fully went away, but they were manageable. And honestly, like, good on Theophilus for sticking to that bitch for, like, what, like, her entire life. Yeah. What a, what a good guy. He was probably, like, a hundred by the time he performed that last exorcism. Hey, man, like, sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes you need a really good, weirdly named priest in your corner and everything will be okay. Where's our weirdly named priest? Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know where to find one of those these days. Uh, 
Ugh, this one gave me the heebie-jeebies. A little bit. It also makes me feel very thankful that, like, I'm not possessed by demons. Yeah. Like, I've got a lot of bullshit going on, but that's one of the things I feel like I can rule out. Just being possessed by demons. You know, even if Diane told me I was, like, I think she meant it as a joke. Probably. I, I don't mean, feel, like, possessed by demons. I don't think you're possessed by demons. I, I probably like, would have told you if I thought you were possessed I feel by like demons. I would have told you if I thought you were possessed by demons, so. That's good. Thanks for having my back, buddy. Yeah. We got your back. Uh, have you been possessed by demons? Uh, Hello? I don't think so. I was, oh. I was asking our listeners. Oh, hi! Yeah. I forgot about that. If you have, <laughs> you forgot we had listeners. <laughs> I forgot that we were doing this. We're just sitting here doing this for fun. Uh, if you have been possessed by demons, or if a family member of yours has been, has possessed. been possessed by demons, shoot us the email. We want to hear about it. We want to hear anything you've got. Yep. That email is dumbandrestlesspodcast at gmail.com. Yep. We still have our listeners episode, or listeners contest going on. Mm-hmm. We've got a very fun giveaway. Yep. Um, all you got to do, we did have our announcement at the beginning of this episode, but again, all you got to do is... Like and comment on our Instagram post, or uh, like and retweet, and hopefully follow us on Twitter. Hopefully, <laughs> okay. Um, and where can you find us on Twitter, Panda? At Dumb Restless Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Dumb and Restless Podcast. And those posts are easy for you to find. They have giveaway in them. It's big and obvious with capital letters and the tweet is pinned on our page mm -hmm. so tweet is pinned. uh and we will be announcing winners for that on the 31st of halloween, on halloween. i'm so excited I yeah i got halloween off this year oh did you yep very cool yeah very cool that'll be nice um it's a full moon that night it's gonna be intense october's been intense guys yeah <laughs> So yeah, definitely shoot us like oh. an email with stories or questions or whatever. Yeah. Like we want to do another listeners episode. Wink, we really wink, do. nudge, nudge. We loved, loved doing the last one. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we are going on a field trip next week. We are. We're headed out to Starvation Heights. Yes. Um, site of a very grisly crime. Many grisly crimes. Many grisly like crimes. Like a lifetime of grisly crimes. Yeah. So. That'll be super fun. Stay tuned for that. Um, we're very excited. We didn't get to do a field trip last month, and we are ready to go. Very much that'll so. That'll be fun. That'll yeah. be fun for us and for you. So, you know, stick around on this road trip to the end of the world. For sure. We love you, and it's getting crazy out there. We got to get get your kicks wherever you can. That's true. Holy shit. Every time a car drives by, their headlights reflect in my little, like, the little thing I have up there to hold my blinds and I keep thinking it's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> you just... think everything is a UFO. Yeah, I do. Alright, I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah? Yeah. We love you guys. I love you guys. Ew, this one was creepy. It I was really like creepy. I need to detox. I need to, like, drink some water. Yeah. It's, it's water time. You know, go yeah. do some self-care. We love you. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.